Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. Hello, my name is Ruth Warden and I'm the Assistant Director of Development and Employment at NHS Employers. In this podcast, I'll be talking to Professor Ivan Robertson. He's a co-founder of Robertson Cooper, a business psychology company who've helped organisations to measure, build and maintain psychological well-being. We'll be discussing a range of issues related to health and well-being today and discovering how the NHS can develop personal resilience strategies and tactics in order to benefit the workforce in general. Hello, Ivan. Thank you for joining me. Hello, Ruth. Um, why do you think workplace resilience and psychological well-being is such an important issue for the NHS now? Um, well, I think there's an underlying reason that I'd probably start with, which is that, and this is true for any organisation, not just the NHS, um, the better the psychological health and well-being of a workforce, the better people's performances, um, the more likely they are to stay healthy, and the better the organisation performs and achieves its mission as a whole and and in general. So, you know, that applies to everywhere. I think for the NHS in particular, um, there's clearly an awful lot going on as far as the NHS is concerned. And I I guess it's an organisation where change is pretty constant. Um, But there do seem to be, right at the moment, a specific set of issues that, that are really challenging as far as the NHS is concerned. And these include things like funding and the complexity, that people living longer, um, all sorts of pressures. And I don't think they're going to go away or get any easier. Maybe they can be managed more effectively. Um, but nevertheless, the people who work within the NHS are going to have a great deal of adversity and difficulty to cope with. And the more their resilience can be built, the more likely they are to be able to um, respond to those challenges and stay healthy themselves too. You mentioned there the link between improving um, resilience and psychological well-being and organisational performance. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about the impact of resilience and well-being on organisational performance? The obvious area, I think, if you improve people's resilience... Um, and their health generally as well, is that it would probably have an impact on sickness absence rates. Um, And clearly, again, for the NHS, that's a really important factor. Um, But the impact that um, psychological health has is much, much, much more extensive than that. Um, People's individual performance improves along with their psychological well-being. And, you know, I stress here I'm not talking about people being either ill clinically or psychologically or not. I'm talking about a whole continuum uh, of people just feeling better when they're in the workplace. Um, And their performance improves, I think, because their behaviour changes. Um, People who are more psychologically healthy respond to others in a different way. Um, they're less sensitive to negative information, more sensitive to positive information. Um, They persevere more, um, they take on goals and challenges more effectively. So individual performance gets better and then that in turn creates an organisation that's likely to be more effective. And there are some studies that, for example, have looked at, well I remember one in particular, 
and this was included in uh, Steve Borman's report on uh, well-being in the NHS, showing that well-being indicators were linked to levels of MRSA uh, in trusts. So the, the effects are really quite far-reaching. So given that link between organisational performance and, and emotional well-being, what are the things that, that we can do within the workforce to, to improve? What are some of the practical things and the areas that we need to look at? Yeah, I think the, <clears throat> the primary focus there for me is on people's everyday experience at work. And, and then that becomes really about two things. How they're managed and led and the specific job that they've got to do themselves. So if we start with management and leadership, um, it, it's very clear that the kind of management that people get, the kind of leadership they receive, has a significant impact on, on their personal levels uh, of well-being. And the way that has an impact is through the jobs that they do. And if I pick on three specific factors that uh, turn out to be really important to, in, in everybody's job. Um, one is the level of demand that people have, and, and clearly the, the manager and the leaders can have an impact on that. Um, what I'm not saying is that it's good if demand is low. Actually, the best jobs are jobs where demands are high, but also the resources and support that people have to enable them to meet those demands are high and are in place. And the level of control they have about how they go about doing the job uh, is also there so that people can, um, within reason, um, agree their own goals and objectives, but then they have as much freedom about how they go about achieving those as possible. And th those factors, demands, control, resources and support, have a very big impact on how people feel on a day-to-day -day basis and it's, it's the job of managers and leaders to try and ensure that they are as healthy as possible uh, and, and probably the final thing with leadership and management is about modelling good behaviour as well and not setting examples by for example working long hours um, not behaving in ways that, that, are, that are healthy. You mentioned there, or you started to mention there about um, leaders and <coughs> what leaders can do. Yeah. Can, just if we can expand on that a little bit more, thinking mm -hmm. particularly about um, managers and human resource leaders and directors, right. what are some of the specific things that, that, that they can do to help improve work resilience and support their workforce? If, if you go through the whole range of things that um, HR professionals have responsibility for, which goes right through from attracting talent to the organisation, selecting and developing that talent, and then ensuring that they stay healthy in the workplace and stay productive. I think at the moment, um, there's probably an overemphasis on competence and performance at the expense of looking at issues that relate to well-being. So the kind of thing I would like to see is that when people are initially attracted to the organisation and then recruited and then developed, that there's recognition of the fact that they, they not only need to be able to do the job, but they need to be able to flourish in the role and need to be able to enjoy doing the job because that will, that will improve their performance. And 
I don't think at the moment that that in general, and I'm not just talking about the NHS here, I don't think in general that's factored in to the way that HR practitioners look at things. One last question. Um, we focused on work. Obviously, there we all bring all sorts of things into our life, and it's not just work. Um, I know that, that you have um, lots of other interests, as well as being a keen football fan. Um, can you give us three practical tips or three things that, that you do to um, support your own resilience or that you know that other people do? Um, yeah, what, well, one of those is something that we haven't talked about so far, and I think it's something that particularly people in more senior jobs um, where they are heavily committed to, to what they're doing uh, can lose sight of. And it's about getting sufficient respite from the day-to-day -day job. You know, I've already said, levels of challenge are, are good and positive. Working hard's good, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you keep doing it, and if you keep doing it at the expense of getting some respite, then it will start to challenge you and it will start to compromise your psychological health and eventually physical health. Second thing is exercise, because the biggest single thing that can make a difference to people's psychological well-being is taking moderate amounts of exercise. Uh, so I try and do that, and generally I'm reasonably successful because I just believe it's so important. And then the third thing would be related to sense of purpose and meaning because being psychologically healthy is about feeling happy and having positive emotional experiences but it's also important to feel that you're doing something worthwhile and meaningful and so and this is probably the hardest one for me and maybe for many people try and remind myself about why I'm doing what I'm doing particularly when I'm battling with a bit of adversity and try and see the overall uh, goal and purpose that lies behind that that, that helps to keep me going, helps me keep, helps keep me feeling good too. That's brilliant. Thank you very much for taking the time out today, Ivan. Thank you, Ruth. It's been a pleasure.